Spooky Big Board Podcast. I am your host, Matt Hicks, the FF Educator. On this episode, we are breaking down my rookie wide receiver projections for the 2022 season. Before we jump into it, I want to make sure folks know that the Rookie Big Board Podcast can now be found in two places on the original Rookie Big Board Podcast feed, as well as now serving as the flagship podcast for the Rookie Big Board Podcast Network, which also now will feature a weekly Devi Big Board, Dynasty Big Board, and Bonus Big Board show, as well as a seasonal college fantasy football Big Board. You can get premium content to the Rookie Big Board, including our Consensus Dynasty Rankings, Consensus Devi Rankings, the Rookie Big Board, the Dynasty Big Board, the Devi Big Board, and quite frankly, most valuable in membership to our active Discord channel. All of that is available for just $3 a month at patreon.com slash the FF Educator. Also want to make sure folks know about the Devi Summit. The Rookie Big Board is serving as a co-host for the Devi Summit, the biggest Devi event of the year. It will be six hours of live stream analysis from the best, and I mean the best in the business, helping grow the game of Devi. It will be from 12 to 6 on Sunday, May 22nd. Very excited to be a co-sponsor of that, the Rookie Big Board, in addition to Campus to Canton and the Devi Dashboard. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode. What we're going to do here is I'm going to actually go through in order my projections for the 2022 uh, season in terms of just the rookie wide receivers. Don't worry, we'll get to running backs, and we may even get to quarterbacks and tight ends at some point down the road as well. But I figured folks wanted to know about wide receivers and their specific impact in their rookie season. So I'm going, going to go ahead here and start off with the rookie wide receiver that I have the highest year one projection for, and it is Drake London. I don't think that's probably a surprise for anybody. I've seen Drake London consistently go at 102 or 103 in rookie drafts. You know, I plug him in right now for 105 targets in the Atlanta Falcons offense. I think he's got a good shot to catch 68% of his passes. He's got a great catch radius. And Marcus Mariota, I think, is a better passing quarterback than folks give him target for, especially, or uh, give him credit for, especially when passing to a big target like Drake London. The key for Drake London is I think he is going to get the touchdowns in this Atlanta offense. Kyle Pitts just won as a rookie. I did bump him up to five in my 2022 seasonal projections. Uh, but I have a Drake London there at seven. I think he's going to lead the way. By the way, I'm reading off of my projection sheet, which is another resource available to the patrons over at patreon.com slash the FF educator. Usually whenever I have this thing pulled up, there's a couple patrons on it as well. Kind of a fun part of doing a Google sheet. You can see when other folks are on it. All right, this one might be a little bit less obvious here, but I'm sticking to my guns and I have Chris Olave as the second highest projected wide receiver here in this uh, 2022 class. I could see him uh, safely getting 20% of the market share here in New Orleans. Remember, they're going to want to throw the ball a good bit more this season with Jameis Winston fully at the helm. By the way, my 20% market share is factoring in a 16% market share for Michael Thomas. So I'm making this projection, uh, this rather bold projection here, uh, keeping in mind the fact that Michael Thomas very well could be back this season. By the way, he very well might not be back. There's been so much turmoil with Michael Thomas's health as well as just, you know, being on the field. But, you know, I have Alave catching 65% of 110 targets. That 65% is a downgrade because of Jameis Winston. 
but I do expect him to still, you know, be over 13 and a half yards per reception. I expect him to bring in seven touchdowns. Listen, Jameis Winston, huck chuck football didn't hurt Mike Evans. Uh, Chris Olave doesn't lose points for interceptions. And I have him going just over 1,000 receiving yards here as a rookie. I know that might feel bold to some, but I think he's pro-ready. I think he was ready to hit the league last year. And I think he's going to hit the field rather quickly here. So unless New Orleans drastically drops down the passing volume... And I don't see them doing that, right? Because you have Alvin Kamara and then who, right? And New Orleans has to be in a position to compete right now. So I think that Chris Olave is going to get a lot more targets than folks necessarily have him pegged for. Next up here is Traylon Burks for the Tennessee Titans. By the way, I, I want to just give a little bit of background information for folks just so they don't think I'm pulling these numbers out of thin air. This will be my third season of doing seasonal projections here and when I do them I have a you know built out a sheet here that allows me to do all 32 teams compare them uh, you know in, in terms of historical averages uh, but I also track rookie production here and so this is uh, me factoring in not only uh, opportunity in terms of system and fit and what what volume uh, and what touchdowns and what you know, quarterback play is, you know, compared to where the, the players landed. But I'm also, you know, looking at recent history for the wide receiver position for rookies and what's realistic to project. And, you know, the last couple of years have made it easier to be a little bit more confident in projecting, especially targets. You look at Jamar Chase, you look at Jalen Waddle, you look at Justin Jefferson. A lot of these wide receivers early on in their career are getting more targets. And I think Traylon Burks is going to end up with the most pure targets out of any wide receiver in this class in his rookie season, I'm at 113 targets here, but I'm a little worried about his yards per reception. I think we might have a lower A dot than some of these other wide receivers that we're going to talk about here as top tier guys. So I have Burks at an 11.5 A dot, 846 receiving yards. I think that's right on some of those betting lines that I've seen off the bat. Listen, you know, quite frankly, it's just me, but I wouldn't put uh, betting lines out right now, right? I'm not betting on betting lines right now. I want to kind of see how this preseason shakes out a little bit, but I have six touchdowns for Traylon Burks. I think really the key for Burks is going to be, you know, is Robert Woods healthy early on in the season? Is he going to be able to be there and command a large por portion of the market share? But, you know, I have Traylon Burks projected as wide receiver three, keeping in mind a 22% uh, market share. So he's leading the way there for Tennessee. The question for me is, will they have Traylon Burks take running back touches? I know folks want to keep comparing Traylon Burks to A.J. Brown, but I actually think in what he could be, I see a lot more of Debo Samuel. So if, if they give him rushing touches, you know, the projection is going to be wildly skewed from there. But as a pure wide receiver, that's where I have him. It might shock some folks who I have next, and i got to be honest, it feels bullish. I almost don't want to say it, but I plug the numbers into the projections, and I tell you all how I honestly feel about players, and these projections will get tweaked over the course of the offseason. This is an early projections episode, but the next guy I have up here, just by the numbers, the way they plug into the system, it's Jahan Dotson. It is. It's, it's the Washington Commanders wide receiver. I think he's going to have a high catch percentage. I, I think... Folks, you know, obviously we need to lean into risk a little bit, but I think folks are maybe writing off Carson Wentz a little bit too quickly. Maybe I'll be eating those words, but I think Dotson is the second target in terms of, uh, you know, second wide receiver in terms of target in this offense. 92 targets is what I have him at, 938 yards. I think the key for Jahan Dotson, is he going to be the field stretcher? I think potentially where I'm getting the most bullish here is I have him 15 yards per reception, but that's what Jahan Dotson did at Penn State. I think that's what they drafted him to do. You have F1 pulling the top coverage off of things. I think folks are sleeping a little bit on Logan Thomas. He can really open things up underneath, and then Cole Turner and John Bates are in there as well. 
So I think Dotson can be 15 yards per reception. And if he does, he's going to get touchdowns. He could get six touchdowns. So I'm at 16% of the market share. That's relative to Terry McLaurin at 20% of the market share. I don't think Jahan Dotson cuts into Terry McLaurin. I think he cuts into Diami Brown truthers. If anybody's still holding out hope there, I think he cuts into Curtis Samuel. But I think Dotson has the ability, and he was clearly drafted, right? He was clearly drafted to be a featured part of the offense. You don't draft a wide receiver at, what, 16 overall to not be a featured part of your offense? And you don't draft him at 16 overall if you don't feel like he fits with the quarterback that you just brought into your team, right? And for whatever you do or don't like about Carson Wentz, at his best, he's thrown a good amount of touchdowns. You know, I've met 27 touchdowns in my projection, but I actually think that's a little bit conservative. He's been 30-plus in past seasons. So is he Philadelphia Carson Wentz? Is he Indianapolis Carson Wentz? I'm not sure, but I'm willing to lean into that risk for Jahan Dotson. And folks are letting him get out of the first round of rookie drafts right now, which I think is just absolutely wild. And next up here is Garrett Wilson. And, you know, I'll point out, Garrett Wilson is at 191 PPR projection right now. It's three points less than Traylon Burks. I'm at 194. So Burks, Dotson, and Wilson are all very close together here. And I struggled with this one. And this one is one that might really flip-flop throughout the preseason. You know, originally I had Garrett Wilson closer to 20% of the Jets market share. I kind of toned that back a little bit. I thought maybe I was writing off Elijah Moore's targets a little bit too quickly. Talking to my Jets people, you know, they're telling me maybe I'm writing off Braxton Berrios' targets a little bit too quickly here. Still plenty of targets. I have Garrett Wilson at 103. Uh, to put that into context, I have Elijah Moore at 97. So I do think Garrett Wilson can come in and be uh, the lead target in the offense. It's not going to be significantly more. I, I think he's going to have six receiving touchdowns. I have Elijah Moore at six receiving touchdowns. I have Corey Davis at five receiving touchdowns. By the way, I haven't forgotten about Corey Davis. I'm at 15% of the market share. The key, the key is going to be how much are they going to have Zach Wilson throw the ball? They had him throw the ball 603 times last year. I think they're going to have him throw the ball 610 times this year. You know, I don't think they're bringing in these weapons to run, run, run the ball. And no, that's not a slight of Brees Hall. We'll get into the Brees Hall projection here. I purposely buried the lead on the running backs here. I wanted to talk wide receivers off the bat. So I think Garrett Wilson, you know, if you're drafting him as the first or second wide receiver off the board, I think you're in a perfectly good spot here. I'm just being a little bit conservative with my Garrett Wilson projection, at least at this point in time. I like to generally, if I'm if I'm swaying back and forth, if I'm flipping my projection around, I tend to go with the more conservative route at this point at this point in the preseason. All right, up next is folks, uh, you know, maybe folks wanted to hear this name a little bit sooner, but I'm going to go with Sky Moore. Uh, I'm excited about his fit in Kansas City, of course, and it's because Pat Mahomes throws the ball 650-plus times a season. So I currently have him pegged in for 675, and even at 14% of the market share in Kansas City, that's 94 and a half targets for Sky Moore. So we'll round up. We'll say 95 targets for Sky Moore, 860 yards if it's a 13 uh, yards per reception. And I have met six touchdowns, which is equal to what I have for Juju. I have them splitting uh, the way for wide receivers. But of course, Travis Kelsey leading the way. Of course, Travis Kelsey leading the way in targets significantly more. Travis Kelsey, 140 compared to Sky Moore's 94. I really like Sky Moore. This is somebody I've been really excited about for you know, a while in the pre-draft process. But I like the fact that Travis Kelsey is here. I like the fact that Juju is here. And I think that that's going to help Sky Moore. It's not going to hinder him. All right, next up here for wide receivers is John Mechie. John Mechie for Houston steps into a great market share. Of course, the a big, you know, variable here for John Mechie is, is he going to be back and ready for the beginning of the season? Currently, I'm projecting that he will be. And so that's going to put him at 10.9 fantasy points per game. That's a, you know, really solid back end wide receiver two value. 
I think he could get 20% of the market share here, and that's 110 targets. That's uh 60% catch percentage, which is lower, but it's because I'm not, you know, super confident in Davis Mills at this point. 891 receiving yards, five touchdowns. I think this is higher than most folks are willing to put John Mechie right off the bat, but you know, Davis Mills was on the field, off the field last year, and he threw the ball 546 times. You know, they have Marlon Mack, Damian Pierce, and Dare. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to want to rely on the running game. I know that's kind of the narrative, right? Lovey Smith, run, run, run. Well, you know, behind that offensive line and with these running backs, they're going to have to pass the ball a decent amount. And I like Brandon Cooks there, and I like Nico Collins there. And, you know, they're quietly building up a really good wide receiver core there in Houston. And, you know, that might be pretty nice for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud uh, heading into the 2023 season. All right, a couple more guys here that I'm going to take my time on, and then we're going to rapid-fire a good chunk of these guys as well because I think there's a really interesting set of wide receivers going uh, deep down the board. And I am going in order, by the way, just in case you haven't picked up on that yet. I'm going to go with Alec Pierce here as my eighth wide receiver in my projections. You look at that fit in Indianapolis, I really like it opposite of Alec Pierce, or I'm sorry, opposite of Michael Pittman. I really like it catching passes from Matt Ryan. I think Pierce has the ability to step in uh, 15% market share. I think Indianapolis is going to throw the ball uh, the same amount, if not more, with Matt Ryan there. You know, 535 passing attempts is easy work for Matt Ryan. You know, don't worry about an aging Matt Ryan. That's, you know, going to be taking it easy on his arm if he only throws the ball 535 times. And they threw the ball 520 times last year, right? So you have the ability here for Pierce to step in. The key is going to be the touchdowns. In the yards per reception, you know, don't be shocked if you see Alec Pierce at 14 yards per reception. I'm at six touchdowns. Michael Pittman leading the way in that offense there with seven touchdowns and 117 targets. But I have Alec Pierce at a good 80, and that feels like a nice, safe place to put a really talented, high upside athletic wide receiver. Speaking of high upside athletic wide receivers, Christian Watson is up next here, Green Bay. I got to say, I'm, I'm being more conservative than maybe you expected here. I'm the guy who's been hyping up Christian Watson for a while, and I really did like him. I thought he would have been a steal as a third-round value back in January. You know, we're building up the hype. We get through the combine. I'm saying, you know, he's still going to be a good second-round pick, and that's kind of where I'm at with him, but folks are pushing him up in that top tier uh, in the first round, and he may get there, right? But I want folks to understand that Christian Watson is still a developmental wide receiver. He needs to build out his route running. He needs to be a little bit more consistent uh, with that handwork, right? But he's obviously got a great quarterback pairing in Aaron Rodgers. I have him catching 65% of 80 targets. I don't have him leading the way. That's 14% of the market share. Because I do think early on in the season, right, the first four to six weeks, we may only see, you know, three or four targets for Christian Watson a game. But I think as we build through the end of the season, you know, it'll be eight targets, nine targets a game. And at that point, then... You know, he's stretching the field. Then he's pulling in those receiving touchdowns. And so I think it might be a slow burn here for Christian Watson. I'm excited about him. I do think he's going to produce and contribute, but it might be more towards the back end of the season uh, than necessarily at the front end of the season. You know, somebody who might project out well too, and this is one, you know, I've kind of been going really back and forth on. By the way, we're kind of, we, we, we've moved past this top tier of wide receivers. So now we're kind of getting into the next set of guys going to move a, a little bit quicker it's not necessarily going to be you know as perfectly in order uh you know what actually before I do that a quick pivot here before I go through those guys and do a little bit more rapid fire I'm sure folks want uh to know my thoughts on Jamison Williams right because he's that top tier wide receiver I haven't talked about obviously coming off of the injury 
So I have him projected to play six games. That feels really safe for me. And I've been projected at 14.3 fantasy points per game, which is a really high spot. So I expect him to contribute when he comes back because I expect them to take their time on getting him back on the field. I think he can catch 70% of Jared Koff's passes. And I think he can get, I think he'll find the end zone twice in six games. Uh, but I really do like Jamison Williams. Uh, he's going to be somebody who's going to be high in my projections going into next season. But obviously, when you can only project somebody for six games, you can only do so much. But just, you know, I mentioned it was 14 point. I want to make sure I get this right here. I'm 14.3 points per game. That would be wide receiver 10 for me right now. DJ Moore is at 14.1. He's wide receiver 10. So, you know, if he was playing the whole season, I'd have him potentially projected highest out of any of these guys. All right, some other guys moving quickly here. Romeo Dubs, I, I think, could also have a role in the Green Bay offense. I think he's a little bit more ready to contribute right away, but I'm really worried about those hands. Jalen Tolbert in Dallas, somebody who also might not see a ton of targets early on, but I do think he has the ability to see a good chunk, 14 to 16% of that market share once he's fully on the field and kind of filling into a quasi-Amari Cooper role, playing on the outside, right? I love the Khalil Shakur fit in Buffalo. I think he's going to step right in, work the underneath of the field. I could see him getting, you know, 80 targets early on in his rookie season. Not necessarily going to be a big touchdown guy. So that's why, you know, we're not going totally crazy on the Khalil Shakur projection, but certainly somebody that I like a good amount. Bayless Jones Jr., somebody folks are really struggling with. I do expect just naturally him to plug into that offense. Listen, I'm trying to be conservative. I've got uh, Darnell Mooney at 20% of the market. I've got Cole Komet at 17% of the market. I plugged in Valus Jones conservatively at 15% of the market. That's 82 targets. Folks, I'm out of people to plug in. Yeah, you could give targets to Demir Bird. You can give targets to Marquise Goodwin. There's still 15% of that market share left over. Justin Fields threw the ball 540 times. They're going to throw the ball even more this season, right? So... You know, think what you what you like or what you don't like about Velas Jones. He's probably seeing 80 targets. And in a high-target offense, you saw what he was able to do at Tennessee last year, right? Uh, so even if he's only at 10.5 yards per reception, which I think is very conservative, I think he can find the end zone four times. And he's got great hands, so I think he's going to catch 70% of his balls, right? So Velas Jones Jr. is somebody who I think is flexible and, you know, able to plug into that flex spot right away in his rookie season. I don't know what to do with Wandale Robinson. If you know what to do with Wandale Robinson, please tell me. I'm not even sure the Giants know what to do with Wandale Robinson, especially if Kadarius Tony isn't going. But I did plug Wandale Robinson in for 15% of the market share. You know, 82 Daniel Jones targets will get you something. I'm not sure how far it'll get you. I gave him the, the lead way here with 70% of the catch percentage. I think he could have the highest catch percentage of the wide receiver room on this New York Giants team. But again, how far does that get you? I'm worried about that ADOT. I'm really worried about Wandale Robinson's ADOT. You know, I have met 57 receptions in 606 yards. That's just 10.5 yards per reception. I'm worried about the touchdowns. I am at three receiving touchdowns. Are they going to give him handoffs? What are they going to do with Wandale Robinson? I honestly do not know, folks. I feel fairly confident in projecting a lot of these guys. And I feel like I'm just taking a shot in the dark on Wandale Robinson. So if you feel better about it, please let me know. Uh, Erica Zukanama. I do like him on the outside uh, in that Miami offense. He's not ever probably going to be a star, right? But I think he could have some big weeks. I think he could have some two touchdown weeks down the road. Not right away. Not early in his NFL career. 
but I do think he could uh, garner 73% of the targets. Remember, Tua threw the ball 615 times last year. So even if you give 123 targets to Tyreek Hill, give another 123 to Jalen Waddle, give another 100 to Mike Kosecki, there is still plenty of targets left over, folks, and I think 73% of those, or 73, not 73%, my goodness, I think 73 of those, 12% of them, can go to Eric Kazukanama. I think he could find the end zone three times, and I think he could be more relevant than we necessarily might expect him to be. A sneaky pick there at the top of day three. I've been talked in, I've been talked out, I've been talked back into Tyquan Thornton in New England. This is your boom-bust pick. If you're going to take Tyquan Thornton, you have to understand he might not turn into anything. But, you know, playing in a quasi-Nelson Aguilar-type role, stretching the field very fast. You know, Mac Jones, you go back to Mac Jones' senior Alabama tape, and he's good at tossing that ball up in the air and, and just kind of hoping his wide receivers get to it. And it worked more often than not based on the guys that he was throwing the ball to. But, you know, if, if Thornton can bring in 65% of 66 targets uh, for Mac Jones, and those can come at 14.5 per per reception. And if he could find the end zone even three times, which, folks, I don't know, you could give every New England Patriots wide receiver three touchdowns, except Jacoby Myers. I did give him three, but I felt like I should have given him one just to, you know, as a slight. I, you could, you have to spread around those touchdowns. So that's going to be the key. Can, can Thornton kind of monopolize those touchdowns? Can he monopolize those targets from Kendrick Bourne? Or is Bourne still going to have a role in that offense? You know, it's going to be a really interesting preseason camp. Thornton's somebody that I'm really going to be patient on through preseason camp here. Uh, David Bell, I like David Bell. I'm just not sure what's shaking out in that Cleveland offense. So I'm proceeding with a little bit of caution. 63 targets, three touchdowns for David Bell. Uh, Kyle Phillips, I, I know folks are high in Kyle Phillips, and there's opportunity there in Tennessee, especially if Robert Woods doesn't get back on the field right away. So I think there's opportunity for Kyle Phillips to get up to 67 targets is what I have him at. I don't expect uh, many touchdowns, so that's kind of why he's still down there. Danny Gray in San Francisco, you know, high draft capital. I think they want him for special teams. I do think they want him playing on the outside. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to wrestle those targets away from Juwan Jennings right away. Juwan Jennings finished the season really well on the outside. I do have uh, Danny Gray right now at 12% of the market share. Uh, two more guys, you know we work deep. These are guys that popped up in the projections, so you got to talk about them. I think Jalen Naylor is really uh, sneaky there in Minnesota to be more impactful than you might expect. You know, not somebody that you're going to want to plug in week in and week out, but, you know, 57 targets, I think he could find the end zone three times, and I think when he catches the ball, it's going to be 15 yards downfield. I mean, Jalen Naylor is a field stretcher. And then one other guy that just pops up in the projections, it's not very much, but, you know, Bo Mellon is there. Bo Mellon is in the projections in Seattle. It's a little ugly. It's a little convoluted there. So, you know, is Eskridge going to be a factor this year? What does Metcalf and Lockett look like? You know, who the heck and how the heck is Drew Locke throwing the ball to and where? And all of those questions exist. So, you know, are they going to be creative with Bo Mellon? Are they going to get him, you know, screens at the line? Are they going to give him handoffs and reverses? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I'm still not taking Bo Mellon in the top 48 picks, but a lot of us are degenerates. We play in 60 picks, 72 pick deep rookie drafts. And so, you know, there is a lore uh, and there's reason to watch Bo Mellon throughout the preseason, despite the fact that, you know, it's difficult for me to necessarily, you know, get too excited about him. I I've talked about these wide receivers relative to where they're going, you know, with other rookie wide receivers, uh, Drake London, uh, Chris Olave. Uh, right now fall into that wide receiver to 12 to 24 bucket for me right off the bat. You know, moving down the board a little bit, Traylon Burks, 
Jahan Dotson, Garrett Wilson, Sky Moore, John Mechie, all project into that wide receiver three range right off the bat. And again, these projections are fluid. They're going to move, but I at least wanted to put some context into some of those guys that I was talking about at the top. I think we have the opportunity for a lot of wide receiver twos, a lot of wide receiver threes, and that is a pretty you know in-depth, honest uh, look at my 2022 projection sheet as it sits right now in early May for the rookie wide receivers. Again, if you want to get access to that full sheet or the rookie big board or the Discord channel, it's patreon.com slash the FF Educator. I really appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board Podcast. As a reminder, if you're listening to the Rookie Big Board Podcast Network, your next episode coming up in your feed tomorrow will be the Dynasty Big Board Show. And I got to be honest, as the producer of this network, I got a little bit of an in-depth behind-the-scenes look at the topic they're talking about. It's going to be a good one. You're going to want to make sure you're subscribed. And please, please, please take two seconds, drop us a five-star review. As always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board.